The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to Programmatic Advertising Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're going to talk about the tools and strategy behind maximizing your performance marketing efforts. Each day this week, we're going to publish an episode that walks you through how to best take advantage of programmatic advertising platforms. With us today is Brian Kroll, who is the Vice President of Strategic Accounts at AdTaxi. AdTaxi, a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast, is a client-centric organization that brings passion, precision, and sophistication to digital marketing. Leveraging the belief that people matter as much as technology, AdTaxi helps companies solve complex marketing challenges with custom performance-driven solutions. Okay, here's the second installment of Programmatic Advertising Week, where Brian and I talk about using real-time bidding to optimize programmatic ad campaigns. Brian, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks, Ben. Excited to continue our conversation about programmatic advertising. Yesterday, we talked a lot about the landscape, about what programmatic advertising is using some sort of dynamic, mechanized platforms to help you with your ad bidding. Your definition went across Facebook, Google, and every other website. I think of programmatic more around the ability to buy what used to be display media, right? The banner ads that are across premium websites, and also there's video components to it as well. When you think about setting up a programmatic advertising campaign, walk me through some of the steps to get set up. Let's say that you're deciding to do something different than paid social, different than your PPC, your AdWords type stuff, and you want to do more of a traditional display campaign using, in air quotes, what I'm calling programmatic, so the display type ads. What's the process for getting set up? What do you need to think about? So I've been, for the last 10 years or so, started with this, it still holds true today, that I encourage everybody to sort of like take a step back. And before you start charting the course, you kind of need to know where do you want to go. And so ultimately, I try and counsel anybody who's thinking about this to say, start with three questions and answer three questions. If you can answer these three questions well, you can build a programmatic campaign. But basically, it's you start with question one is who do you want to reach? Question two is what do you want to tell them? And question number three is what do you want them to do? So if you can answer those three questions, and that may be iterative, right? You may have like a business may say, well, I actually have six or seven core defined audiences I want to reach. I may want to tell each of them something slightly different based on what I think is going to appeal to them. But ultimately, I would want them all to basically do the same thing, which is maybe purchase something from my website. But that's kind of where you start is like figuring out 
who are the audiences you want to reach? What do you want to tell those people? And then defining what do you want them to do? And then if you know that the ultimate objective is, let's say it's an e-commerce website, I want somebody to buy from me. The next step would be going down and laying down a measurement infrastructure. So how do I know what I'm doing is working? And that would be placing what are called conversion pixels, essentially, or ways that you can track once an ad's been served to somebody, if that person then makes it to a specific page on your website. And you kind of start from the end and work your way back up the funnel. So if the end goal is somebody who made a purchase, you want to make sure that that thank you page has the appropriate tracking tag on it. You probably also want to track, you know, if somebody before you can make a purchase, you have to put something, you have to initiate checkout. Before you can initiate checkout, you have to have something in your cart. Before you can put something in your cart, you have to look at the actual product detail page. And before you look at the product detail page, you're probably doing something on the site of value, like making a search on the site for specific products or browsing like a category page or whatever. So really mapping out on your website, the different consumer touch points that are going to be like the key interactions or what we like to call like the metrics that really matter, knowing what those metrics are and making sure that they're properly measured through the tags for whichever platform you're using would be the next step. Let's go through a little case study example or a hypothetical. And truthfully, I started doing some programmatic advertising this quarter and still trying to evaluate how it works and whether I did it the right way. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that you have to figure out the answer to three questions. First is who you're trying to reach. So when I started running my programmatic advertising campaigns, my thought was, I want to reach marketers. That seems pretty obvious. And maybe marketers that listen to podcasts. And on the flip side, I have a fair amount of first-party data because I can collect information about and retarget the people that are listening to this podcast. So how do you make a sense of when you're setting up the definition of who you're trying to reach when... You can go through third-party aggregators who have a list of known marketers. I could be retargeting or creating lookalike audience based on the people that are listening to my content. I'm sure that there are other ways to try to put those groups together of like, hey, this is who marketers are or marketers that listen to podcasts. Walk me through the methodology for thinking about segmenting your audience and testing which groups work. Yeah, so I would say that knowing your own data is key. The predictive modeling off of that data is arguably some of the best data that you can get. We typically see from like predictive modeling, depending on the platform used, the platforms we use to trade desk has really good lookalike modeling and really good predictive modeling. And essentially with that, you're looking at all of the other third-party data markers that are present in somebody's browser, right? So it's like, yeah, I might be in the marketing field. I may work, you know, at an agency or something like that. But what are all the other attributes that sort of make me tick? And they kind of look at similarities across all those other data points. And so you get like a true lookalike. What are the specifics of this individual that are more similar to everybody else who's coming through? Let's go find those other people on the ecosystem. In addition to the data targeting piece, you're only as good as the data that you're using or that you're buying. So like on a third-party data perspective, if you're talking about like a job function, generally pretty good. If you're talking about something where it's maybe like somebody's in market to buy something, also probably pretty good, except for you don't know if that person's already bought something or not, right? So like if you're in market to buy a car, as we were talking about last episode, how do the other companies know that you haven't already purchased something? They're sort of like making a bet that you're going to go out and, well, what is a high enough value target? Let's go ahead and put you know an ad in front of them and just take that chance. Aside from the actual data targeting, the next step I would say is what happens if somebody who like religiously clears their cookies, right? Somebody who has zero ability to target them from like a data perspective, would be what are the types of content that this person might like to read, right? Like, are they looking on adage.com? Are they doing other various different marketing channels? 
are they a CMO? Are they going to be looking at like industry specific news for their particular industry? Are they reading Forbes or Barron's or anything else like that, right? So trying to think of like more along the lines of like a content targeting strategy or contextual targeting. You could target based on contextual like keywords that are on a page where you're not necessarily relying on data. And aside from that, there's also like bare bones would be, and maybe not necessarily for this case study, 100% just geography-based targeting, right? So if you wanted to reach like people who are in market for agencies, I would zero in on potentially like Madison Avenue or, you know, like if it's the best you could get to something like that from like a geofencing standpoint, knowing that there's a lot of agencies or whatever in those areas or in certain parts of downtown San Francisco or, or wherever that would be. I think that there's a couple different ways that I've thought about data specifically related to programmatic. There's, you know, taking the remarketing or retargeting and building lookalike audiences based on our data, using third-party providers that are within the programmatic advertising platform, just saying, hey, Trade Desk, just bring me marketers, and then also acquiring data. For example, we haven't done this, but I would consider doing it, buying location data for anybody that has attended a marketing event and then retargeting and creating lookalike audiences based on that. Have you seen differences in performance from using first-party data, third-party data through the platforms, or actually buying third-party data and then implementing it and dragging it in yourself? So with AdTax as an agency, we work with hundreds of different clients monthly, potentially thousands of clients. So across the board, I would say that it varies. Some businesses are going to see a good benefit from predictive modeling. Some may say, you know what, I actually do best from content targeting or contextual targeting. It really comes down to two factors. One, I would say, is that it's a price and performance standpoint, where it depends on like what it is you're buying and what you're paying versus what you're getting from it. And the other factor would be watching out for diminishing returns. So let's say that you're buying a set of behavioral data, right, or something like that from like a list. If you have that list and you say like, all right, well, this cost me X, factor in the cost of what that cost to acquire the data, factor in the cost of what it goes to serve against that data, and then see how that works. How many new subscribers did you get? How many new purchases did you get if you're an e-commerce provider, et cetera? Over time, what we typically see would be that most audiences, once you zero in on a very specific amount of audience, there's almost always going to be like a thin market principle, a certain amount of people at any given time who are in market for any gig or service. Once you start picking off those people and they've already subscribed until there's more people coming back in, you may see a great ECPA or effective cost per acquisition for a certain data source. But moving all of your money to that data source is short-sighted in the sense where if you're like, hey, I'm just going to put everything, I'm doubling down or tripling down or quadrupling down on this. Once that starts shifting, and it depends, I think, on like the time to convert. So like how long does it take for somebody to, you know, from exposure to a message to say, I want to subscribe or purchase. That's another factor too. But ultimately, we believe in building a really great framework in which to, it's not really like a spray and pray, but pick the sort of places where you think you're going to be most targeted, most successful. So if it's your data that you're buying, whatever, start the campaigns and then move budget as you need to across the board keeping everything going unless something's just not converting whatsoever. But looking at how you're shifting that performance would be based on what you're seeing from each particular channel. And I think going back to the days of old, nobody really wanted to pay high CPMs, right? Everybody was like, I just want like the lowest, cheapest CPM because I know it's out there. Why would I pay higher CPMs? And people were also looking at like clicks and click-through rate and everything like that because you know if you had a really high CPM and a really low click-through rate, you would have a low amount of clicks for your campaign. And people would be not necessarily happy with that performance. 
But one thing that sort of I kind of clued into at least 10 years ago was the value of the impression and the value of the view. So making sure that you're measuring not just clicks, but measuring view through activity as well too is a game changer. And when you're looking at like a total cost per conversion, I will happily pay a $20 CPM if I have to on premium media, if it's going to deliver a $2 CPA and a $2 CPA is good. I would rather do that than pay a $2 CPM and have a $20 CPA. I think it gets into the other two questions that you were talking about, where it's not just who you're trying to reach, what you're trying to say and what you're trying to accomplish. And this goes with any marketing channel, there is a value of an impression and it doesn't always drive direct conversions. And this gets really complicated when you're thinking about, well, I've served ad impressions, you know, three times to a million people and I'm not seeing a lot of direct click and conversion, but hey, my business is doing well. That's really a lot of how display media works. You're not necessarily evaluating your campaigns based on the direct conversion, but you're also looking at what the overall lift in terms of your business. So in answering your last two questions, we talked about figuring out who you're going to market to, what you want to say, and what your call to action is. As you're setting up your campaigns, what is the best methodology for figuring out the right things to say and figuring out the appropriate call to action? In the, you know, what do you want to tell people? I think with display in particular, sometimes people try and think of a display ad like a newspaper ad. They want to jam as much information as you possibly can get into it. And it doesn't really work that way. Other times people would say, hey, I want to have like an animated ad that's going to loop for 15 seconds or whatever. Realistically, I would say the best advice I can give is tell people a reason why they should care about what it is you're doing and tell it within one to three seconds. Because if you can't get that message across, if you can't tell somebody within one to three seconds of like why they should pay attention to your business, there's a chance that you're going to lose them. Think about how people are looking at display ads, right? I'm scrolling through content on either a desktop or on a mobile phone, and that ad is going to have a limited chance to grab my attention. So think about what that message may be and think about the design and function of that to make sure that that message is really clearly articulated and there's no room for doubt that it's like, hey, I want to subscribe to Ben's podcast because X. I think at the end of the day, as with any other marketing channel, understanding who you're trying to reach, understanding what message and testing what message is going to resonate with them, and then having a clear call to action and actually breaking up your calls to action into micro responses, right? Understanding where someone is in your funnel and being able to market them just to the next step as opposed to just going from introduction to sale is always the best practice. And that makes sense with programmatic media as well. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks again to Brian Kroll for joining us. If you'd like to hear more of Brian's and Ad Taxi's advice in the programmatic advertising space, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when we talk about evaluating your programmatic versus your paid social campaigns. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Brian, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is rockinkroll, R-O-C-K-I-N-K-R-O-L-L. Or you could visit his company's website, which is adtaxi.com, A-D-T-A-X-I.com. Just one link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you could always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. 
And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.